coming at you live from New Jersey. It's Monday afternoon. <laughs> uh, so Craig was was uh, nice enough to to give me a prompt today. So Craig, uh, I I like the prompt that he came up last week of of what makes Randy Randy, New Jersey, what makes Craig Craig Vermont. So, uh. I, I really have one um, bigger, I guess, not bigger question, but last week I actually told you the question, Craig, I was going to ask. And it was a version of, you lived in Vermont for, even before college, 18 years, right? Your whole life until until college, right? And yeah, I, I did a gap, gap year. <laughs> I did a gap year, so it was, I think I was like, I had just turned 19, or I was about to turn 19 when I started college. Okay. And uh, how would you... So don't answer this question for me. So I, I went to school with you in Vermont for about four years, and um, <laughs> we're not going to get nitty-gritty on it. For those who don't know, Craig did a dual degree between Middlebury and Dartmouth. So Craig, I joke with Craig that sometimes he left me, he left me out to dry to go to go pursue like genuinely good academic interests. Um so how would you describe Vermont to someone who is not someone like me who went to school in Vermont and also their only look into the state is maybe doing one family ski trip in their in their childhood. How would you describe Vermont to them knowing that they're coming in with just that one look of insert your favorite mountain, Craig. They've only been to what mountain? J Peak. J Peak. They've only been to J Peak with their family. How would you describe Vermont as someone who grew up there and went to school there too? Yeah. So I think for someone that's just been there for like one long weekend or whatever uh, to J Peak, first off, J Peak's way up north. So if they're coming from anywhere in the States, they had to drive a pretty long way through Vermont to get there. And they get a pretty good, I feel like people get a pretty good idea of Vermont just driving through. Uh, like the the green hills, the wilderness of it all, the kind of rough around the edges, um, like uh, some towns that have like one country store and a few buildings and a few houses and that's it. Um, and so I think that's like a lot of people's impression of Vermont, like first impression. And then I, I think like even the people who have been there uh, for a weekend, like you say, uh, kind of have an impression like that as well. And I think that's like a kind of pretty good starting point. Like Vermont isn't isn't super diverse, um, but there's very kind uh, community oriented people there that will welcome anybody. Um, Vermont is like a very progressive state. Uh, it's an older state. Um, there's pockets of, uh, of rednecks here and there. Um, but that's kind of like an outlier. But on the other side of that, it's like even the people like the, the like hoity toity academics of Vermont are kind of like on the redneck side of, of like academics just because living in Vermont, like dealing with the snow, dealing with the mud, you know, you have to kind of have that, that communion with nature, whether you like it or not. Um, so it's not a harsh place to live, but it's, it's definitely more harsh than 
than uh, a lot of the rest of the country. And I think that uh, lends itself to a certain type of people. And those people kind of have certain characteristics because of that. Okay, so I think there's maybe two directions I can go with my next question. I do, I, I kind of wanted to go to the direction of, so based on that description of Vermont, if, we, if I go back to the prompt, it's what makes Craig Craig, colon, Vermont. What about Vermont makes Craig who Craig is today? Now, you gave us the, you gave us the overview of Vermont, describing it to someone who's only been to Jay Peak with their family skiing one time. How would you describe, um, I, mean, I guess we all had like, dare I say, watershed moments in our upbringing that were like, we remember that and it means something. But for you, if you had to give, um, going back to our entrepreneurship boot camp days, you had to give like your elevator pitch on what is it about Vermont that you still hold true, even living out in the Bay now? Yeah, I think that from a very early age, I was given space to roam in Vermont, as in like my family lived, this is kind of more particular to my upbringing, my family, but my family lived uh, on a hill in Vermont with a maple sugar farm um, and, and a lot of very few neighbors. The closest neighbor was two thirds of a mile away um, very few like modern world dangers. And so that from a very early age, like my parents were like, yeah, just go out and like, we'll see you like at dinner basically. Like, um, and so I, I learned a ton that way. I learned how to learn that way. I learned how to like, uh, take care of myself. I learned, um, from like a physical standpoint, like jumping from from tree to tree and like running and biking through the woods, uh, those like instilled balance and strength that like I wouldn't have gotten living somewhere else. Um, so I think like some of the core skills that I have now uh, are direct uh, results of growing up in that environment. And just to reiterate the direct skills, I think I got a couple of them. Uh, you talked about the balance and strength of growing up that way, like being able to roam around as a kid. I was actually going to crack a joke. I, have you seen the show Stranger Things, by the way? I haven't. Okay, well, really quick, I'll keep it under 20 seconds. 1980s, uh, middle of the U.S., you know, there's no cell phones, no no tracking of that sort. Kids just go on their bikes after school, they're gone until dinner or until they go to bed. And it's just like, was completely normal. And that show is so great, in my opinion. It's mixed reviews with some people because it's just so such a period piece. Like a 1980s, like that's, this story could only happen in the 1980s. So you just reminded me like in Vermont, you just go and, and uh, roam around. I told you, we passed by my, my bus stop when you were in New Jersey. You know, we weren't even allowed to walk there. And you saw how short that was. It was like, you know, we got, we got dropped off in a car to go there. And it's funny thinking back how, you know, it's easy to think we're both in the Northeast United States. You could argue you're New England, I'm Middle Atlantic, Mid-Atlantic, but it's so different. Even just that nominal separation we have of the five, six hour drive. Totally. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to, for those who are familiar 
with Vermont and those who are familiar with the Bay Area, one of the, dare I say, obvious links is the is the love of outdoors, right? Like a lot of people who live in the Bay, it makes sense if you're into cycling, hiking, um, even skiing. Um, I know it's a little bit further from from the Bay, but um, what are the... What would you say are some of the things that surprised you about when you when you left Vermont? You were, you thought, oh, I probably won't need to know this anymore. I I probably um, this skill is not really that relevant if I'm going to move out to California. Is there has there been any skills that have surprised you that you ended up kind of tapping back into being what is it three thousand miles away on a different coast of the country? Yeah, I, I think so. Like, I think that there's a certain level of like baseline capability that I learned just like in Vermont like like learning how to drive in the snow is not just learning how to drive in the snow it's learning how to deal with difficult situations that are constantly changing that have uh, high high risk out like potential outcomes um, and like dealing with it calmly and uh, just like moving through it and I think that's something that like comes up regularly in in any job or in life dealing with relationships and stuff. And so I think like that level of capability was, uh, was very useful. I think another thing that Vermont kind of taught me is how to really reach out and like connect with someone, um, like anyone, uh, like in Vermont, I grew up, maybe it was my parents, but I think it's certainly Vermont is very conducive to this of like you can just chat with anybody you come across like when I'm biking in Vermont for example I wave to every cyclist and like that's and they they wave back and like people always meet in a random store like we'll chat you know we'll say hi um which is a great like kind of small town kind of nice thing but it's also like great practice for talking to random strangers and that's a useful skill anywhere um especially like it's nice to practice in an environment that's conducive to it because like coming to the bay area like that's not like i think the bay area is way better than like maybe new york city is or some other places but certainly like um people are less a lot less likely here to want to kind of naturally have a conversation and 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 chat Okay, I once again have two questions that I can go with. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with the second one. So you said about in the Bay, it's probably a little bit better than New York City, for example, in terms of people having an openness to just kind of strike up a conversation. I think you picked a good example because I think most people know that New York City is known as like the fast pace, you know, get out of my way or, you know, type of vibe. So, so. SF, uh, the Bay Area, uh, is just a sick argument. Let's say it's like in between New York City's vibe and Vermont's vibe. Um, what? Um, oh, this is this happens to me. I lose my train of thought, and then I lose I lose my train of thought on the question. Um, you were saying and, New York's a good example. Yeah, I was saying New York's a good example, like a like a. Uh, to draw a contrast to, but I was going somewhere with that, and I just completely lost my way there. Uh, well, I'll fill I'll fill some airtime. Uh, you feel some airtime for us. I appreciate that. There's a, a 
classic uh, um, meme, I guess, uh, that came came to light a few years ago. And it was a comparison of the East Coast and the West Coast, which includes New York City and uh, and San Francisco. I think it's probably Boston might be a better uh, better comparison than New York City for this this meme. But basically, it like the people on the East Coast are kind but not polite, and the people on the West Coast are polite but not kind. <laughs> that actually is pretty funny. For being so to the point, but it says it it says a lot. Memes are great like that. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you said about maybe Boston's a little bit a little bit better, but I see what you're saying though with that. Yeah, it's like uh, like you can totally see like in Boston, like you like get a flat tire or something and a Bostonian comes over and is like, Oh, you're out of luck, like like that sucks. Like, what'd you do? Like, run, use old tires, you dummy. And then they'll, like, stop and spend half an hour, like, fixing, like, helping you fix your flat. <laughs> Whereas in the Bay Area or on the West Coast, they'll go, like, oh, like, I'm so sorry you got a flat tire. That's such a bummer. Like, I hope that you get through this. And then they won't lift a, a finger to help you. So what do they do? They Do they stop the car and say something? Or are they saying that as they're driving by with the window open? Like, well, how that like, definitely out? They would, like, stop the car and be like, oh, like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Like, this is a real bummer. And then they just, like, get in their car and drive away. Got to get to work, right? Got to get to work, you know? Sorry, I can't help. You got to call a yep. AAA or something. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh yeah, I I still don't have the 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 thing I lost my train of thought on, but I like what you brought there because that was way better. Um, <laughs> the let's I want to think a little bit about um you know going back to the prompt and you know what makes Craig Craig Vermont. So you're first about nineteen to twenty years there then at school for a few years, then you were just into New Hampshire. So I guess we could go, I mean, there is something to be said about the difference between Vermont and New Hampshire. I don't know if we want to go into that today. If you want to, we can. Um, but um, I'm wondering if um, there's something that you, because we talked a little about the skills that you have like awareness around, like, oh, like, even just learning how to drive in, in the snow. That's more than just driving in the snow. It's learning how to handle like stressful situations and, you know, and potentially, especially in a place like Vermont, like life or death at a certain point. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, being super familiar with snow tires, which I'm actually, New Jersey gets snow, but definitely don't know much about snow tires. So that's something, that's something uh, there. Um, but what do you think has been, um, something that you miss about Vermont. You know, we talk about the prompt is what makes Craig, Craig, Vermont. You move uh, across the country to Northern California. And what's something that you miss about Vermont? Or maybe two things. What's one thing that was obvious right away? Like, damn, I really miss this about Vermont. And then what was something after a few years, since just so everyone listening, you know, Craig's lived in, in the Bay for about four years now. Um, what's something you've learned or you realized 
during that time is like, oh, damn, I didn't think I was going to miss that about Vermont, but I really do. So what's the obvious thing you missed right away? What was the thing over time, over the few years, you're like, oh, I surprised myself. I didn't realize I missed it that much. Yeah. Uh, I think the thing that I missed right away is like <clears throat> the proximity to people. Like I'm an extrovert. I like spending time with people. I like getting to know people. But I also like miss Vermont for just like have like you have your own space, you know, like you're you're never hardly ever in a crowd, like hardly ever in traffic. Like it's just like so much like open space. Um, so I think I kind of missed that right away. Like when I moved to San Francisco, I liked living in the city, but I also like recognized that there was a part of me that's like from Vermont and always will be from Vermont. And um, that, yeah, and and kind of missed having that that space from people. The less obvious one that's come up like after a few years of living out here is just like the passage of time. It's like in Vermont, you like every week is different throughout the year. It's like every week you kind of get a sense of like the year is moving by, like it's a new season, uh, new activities or whatever. Whereas in the Bay Area, like if if I didn't wake up early enough to know when sunrise is or and like or like pay attention to when sunset is, there's no way to like tell the passage of time. It's like the weather is so similar where I live throughout the year. Uh, you can do like pretty much the same activities, like other than driving to Tahoe to ski, you can do pretty much the same activities all year round. And so after a few years, like I looked up and I was like, have I been here for like six months or have I been here for three years? And it was kind of like hard to wrap my head around that. So yeah, the 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 seasons is cer certainly something that I seasons. It's kind of an oversimplification. Like, see, I miss seasons, but I really miss uh, that kind of constant reminder of the passage of time. I like that. It's kind of poetic too, at a certain point. Uh, so, um, and you said you don't want to oversimplify it to seasons, but I thought that was a, I thought that was a great way to put it. You went in and you clarified it, which was nice. The um, having that reminder, the passage of time. Wh why does that appeal to you? Well, what is it about that? I might know the answer, but I, I'm wondering if I'm going to surprise, you're going to surprise me with an answer here. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's like an appreciation for time, an appreciation for where you live. Um, like a really good example is like the first spring day that's sunny and warm in Vermont it could be like 50 degrees and it's like the warmest, best weather day you've ever seen. Whereas like here you get a 50 degree day and I don't go outside. Uh, even though <laughs> like, that's the exact weather that that Vermont day is. Uh, and so it's kind of like, like appreciation, like the good things, uh, or the bad things make you appreciate the good things. Um, and I also think it's like motivating kind of it's like this is kind of morbid but like when a when a friend or you hear about somebody passing away you think like wow if that were me tomorrow what would how like how would i live today and i think that with the seasons like in the fall all the trees around you are like the leaves are falling like falling off the trees and dying and it's like 
every seasonal change is just a reminder that like you got to get out there and like live your best life. Now I want to know what you thought I was going to say. No, it was kind of not a cop out, but it was kind of um, what I was thinking you were going to say was what you hit on the very end there of the um, like, how would I live today if that was me who was gone? Like, and I, I was thinking about because I've seen different videos from uh, on YouTube of different entrepreneurs talking about they think about death all the time. It helps actually motivate them at a certain point. It's like, I'm going to die at some point. It's almost the next level of 80-year-old man looking back on his life with regret. Like, death is like, after, theoretically, you have to look at the actual stat. I think the for, for males, at least, it's like 70-something, so maybe we're not making it to 80, unfortunately. But for the sake of the, the, the story that I think Jeff Bezos talks about, is like the 80-year-old, if he was 80 years old, would he, re- would he regret doing this now? It's like, you know, yes or no. And it sometimes helps make a decision. You could argue oversimplifies it, but at a certain point, it, you know, sometimes you need something oversimplified to just make a decision, whether it's right or wrong. <laughs> right. Um, like a lot of, of, a lot of decisions are, have a ton of, the emotion around a decision has a ton of influence on that decision. And emotions are inherently like, simple things like they're often masked uh with complex uh like different characteristics that are hard to navigate but a lot of time in my experience they kind of boil down to something relatively simple if you can actually boil it down and i think that like that's the same thing for for this it's like this is a it's a very simple concept it's like if you were dead tomorrow or or looking back from when you're 80 would you regret this like that's a simple question uh, that can like really be easy to process in making a decision and and have uh, have a big influence on that. Right. Okay. What I'm going to try to do here for us, I'm going to try to position a closing argument for 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 Craig. And what I'm going to prompt for Craig here is that prompt. The prompt was what makes Craig Craig Vermont. I'm gonna. I want to give Craig the floor here. Where, if you're giving a closing argument on, you grew up in Vermont, but you've also spent a considerable amount of time in the Bay Area at this point now too. What would you take from each, dare I say, society, but from each region, if you could just create your your own place? And I know we could probably just say like, what city do you think, or what state do you think blends the blends Vermont and and Northern California? But I want to kind of go a little bit more creative, imaginative. Like, what would you take from each place you've lived of these two and into your own your own town, or your own state, your own region? That's a great question. I think from a I think I think there's like a few uh, a few different ways to look at this. I'll focus on uh, like the actual place and the weather and I'll focus on the people. So from the place perspective, like I think the Bay Area is awesome. Uh, I think I would add some more some more rain in so that there's not mega droughts, um, but like a lot of sunny days, ability to get outside, mountains, uh, water, like the Bay Area is pretty hard to beat. Um, it is very nice to be able to drive like an hour or less to go skiing. So 
but then you trade off like having to live in winter. So I, I'm not really decided on that. Like I think, I think ideally I could, uh, like live in two places. Like if I, if I made it big, I would certainly like split my time. Um, but that's a dream. I think from a people perspective, maybe, or how about this? One last thing about the weather goes directly into the people. So I think with the weather, I would make it, make the seasons definitely noticeable. Like, like get down into the forties more often in the winter, maybe still sunny at that point, maybe more days of rain scattered evenly throughout. Uh, and then like warm and sunny during the summer. Um, with like and living near San Francisco and so I think that that weather would impact the people in the way that I would want the people to to be like I think in New England part of why people are kind and not polite is that the weather like grades them so they don't have it in them to be polite but they also know how hard things can be and they've all had somebody else step up and be that kind person and so it kind of it's uh contagious and so maybe just turning the dial up on the seasons on the weather just a little bit here would uh would push people from being in their own bubble their own like perfect lives to be a little bit more community oriented and kinder and uh less um get out of my way and more let's go there together Oh, you know what? I'm going to ask one question to kind of take us out here. Uh, when you say turn up the dial on the weather, do you mean kind of like turn up almost the adversity? Like, because in, in Boston, I mean, there in Vermont, there's... It's funny to think that the... I guess Northern California is interesting because it is kind of that mild climate. Because I guess you could say there's adversity and hot climate too. But for this conversation, Vermont and Boston area... I mean, if you if you can learn how to just live with that constant just pummeling of snow, I love what you said about it. Kind of grates the the politeness out of you, but you're you still kind, still kind. But I love that now too, because if someone's grinding my gears, I could be like, you know what? Maybe they're kind. They're just not polite, and that's totally chill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I actually love if I take one thing from today, I actually really like that because it might help me kind of. Uh, see things a little bit differently and receive uh, words a little bit differently. But um, I think we're close to the end of our episode for today. Uh, me and Craig have talked about, but before we do an episode, we have a rough idea how long we want to go for. And uh, it's uh, it, it's it, it's interesting. It's work in progress because you're kind of trying to figure out the rhythm, the ebbs and flows of the conversation. But um, before I take us out for today... I gave Craig the closing argument. I called it closing argument. I think Craig did a good job. Craig, do you want to share anything else before we hop out for today? Otherwise, I'll kind of do a quick um, quick outro for us. There's not a right or wrong answer, by the way. I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, I think I, I, think I do have something to add. So I, one aspect of this whole conversation that hasn't been mentioned yet is that I work from home at least three days a week. And... Uh, let's see, I moved to the Bay Area in July of 2019 and then pandemic hit in March of 2020. So most of my time here has been during the pandemic. So my experience is like 
the Bay Area uh, area during the pandemic. And then I find that a lot of my impression of the Bay Area is uh, like derived from driving around the Bay Area. And I think like a lot of people say New York or Boston drivers are the worst in the country. They're they're wrong. Bay Area drivers are the worst in the country. Maybe LA's up there too, but Bay Area drivers are actually horrible. I heard so Florida's mad too. Yeah, Florida's bad too. <laughs> um, but the Bay Area just like is shockingly bad. Every time I drive, I'm like amazed at how bad the drivers are. And I think that that like, as much as I try to have it not influence me, it does influence like my perception of people in general in this area. And so I think like one goal of mine for the next year is to like get out of the house more um, and not just have it be driving to the office or driving to whatever activity I'm going to do, but to kind of like interact with uh, the local uh, Bay Area people and, and culture a little bit more. So I think um, maybe that's like the only change I need. I like that. And actually, thanks for adding, adding that in because you're making my outro so much easier. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what I love what Craig brought up there is um, kind of two similar ideas for me, but for framing our conversations moving forward, I know Craig talked about in one of their earlier episodes of wanting to really improve the storytelling um, skills and, and and partially using the show as Craig didn't use excuse, but it's like a it's like a pretty productive way to you know improve storytelling, and uh, I think kind of taking the debate approach of like understanding both sides could be a helpful way to do that too. Like you you kind of took the other side of if someone said, well, well, Craig, I mean, you've only been there for a few years and you've been there three of the four years were, you know, pandemic related years, whereas the first year was. So I kind of like how you took the, you kind of took the other side of the aisle. And I'm wondering if, as we look to our next episodes, if there's ways where we can think about, yeah, we have our thoughts and beliefs on something and we want to try to tell a story around it. But what if we just, for the sake of argument, for the sake of our storytelling skills, but also our debating is not really the right word, but like, you know how the people who did debate in school are just very good at like framing ideas and because they like force themselves to be like, if I was the critic, but I had to be, I had to like argue for that side, how would that come out? So I appreciate I, I love that you uh, gave us a little extra there at the end because it got me, got, kind of got my brain thinking a little bit differently of so easy to get stuck in like, this is my experience. And the truth is our experiences are so subjective, even though it feels so objective, as much as we try to be. So I like how you just kind of gave us a new frame to be like, well, the reality is, you know, I've, I've been here um, at a different time in history. You know, you didn't say that, but it's like a, just a different time. So uh Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Uh, Craig and I are going to move into our reflection episode. Um, we're not totally sure how we're going to release those. We'll try to fill you in as we get clear on that. But uh, basically what we do is we end this video. Excuse me. We end this video. We end this, this audio, this episode. We hop right into a reflection, and we just see what comes out because we think uh, we want to capture as much as possible uh, when we can. So thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you in the next one.